This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. G'day and welcome to Metal 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. This week we were extremely lucky and we have three fantastic interviews to bring you. Um, so far they're, um, they're all so long that we had to, um, there will be no music for the first three sections, and then we'll finish off the show as we always do with some Kiwi Metal, I'm going to get into some 8 foot just because I love those buggers, and I feel it's that time of year, so first off we're going to have a chat with, um, Dennis from the band Ghost Bath, a very cool band, um, so without further ado we'll get straight into the interview with Dennis. G'day, we're talking with Dennis from the band Ghost Bath. They're about to release their newest album, South Lother, on the 19th of November, uh, coming up very soon. How are you going today, Dennis? Hey, it's uh, the 29th of October it comes out, I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that was what I first thought too, and then I was reading my presser from um, the the other uh, the other crowd, and they were reckoning the nineteenth of November. But hey, if it comes out sooner, even better. So twenty ninth of October, just before Halloween, that's even better. Yeah, I think um, something with because of uh, COVID, the pressing plants are a little behind. So maybe that's when the vinyl comes out. I'm assuming, but yeah, <laughs> I wanted it as oh, as near to Halloween as as possible. So <laughs> oh, the 20, 29th is pretty close. That's awesome, man. So um, first off, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the album art um, that you've got on the for the cover? Sure. Um, for every every album, I usually will wait until the album's completely done, and then I'll find a piece uh, that I think um, fits with the album. So I don't I don't usually like commission something new. Um, yeah. I just feel like if I if I did that, I would it would never like stand up to my expectations and I'd probably be <laughs> kind of disappointed with it. So I try to find something that's already done. Um, that's an art piece that was done, you know, for the art piece itself, not specifically made for the album. And for this one in particular, um, I spent a few months looking, uh, I, I usually just, you know, Google Instagram, whoever I can find. Um, I'll just scroll through, you know, thousands and thousands of pictures and then as soon as I see it, I know it's the one. And when I saw this one, I was like, this is self-loather. <laughs> um, it's done by a famous Polish painter named Beczynski. Um, he does awesome artwork. And it's a little bit of a lesser-known piece by him. He has some some bigger pieces you might recognize if you saw them. Uh, they're all like surreal-looking, um, very dark, um, almost apocalyptic feeling. But this one was was a little unique i think for him because it was just you know an isolated figure in a room um and i thought that fit perfectly so um he was actually murdered um over i i want to say it was like over a hundred dollars or something dumb like that he was stabbed to death and so all his paintings went to a museum in poland and so i had to 
figure out who to email as like a, the commissioner of the museum and, and try to figure out the whole licensing process and got that done. And so, yeah, that now we have the cover for self-loathing. Oh, amazing. I mean, that must be, I mean, going through finding album art must be a, a bit of a nightmare in itself, not only finding the art, but then finding out if you can even access that particular art, you know, it, it's got to be um, a really interesting process to go through. Most people probably wouldn't even think about that um, when it comes to, um, you know, when they look at their favourite album art, they just go, oh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but it's always good to get a bit of a story and find out where it's come from, from the artist. Yeah, um, I think uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I think I'm just too too picky to have somebody paint it. Cause I know if if I tell them here's my idea, it's never gonna look like how it does in my head. And and so for me, it's just easier to look through as many pictures as I can until I find the perfect one. Well, so, I mean, you've got to be happy with it yourself, and that, that that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? I mean, you're making the product, and you want to have that product to be up to the to the standard that your uh, your expectations. So, um, yeah. so this particular album, Self Lover, is, is the completing of a, of a trilogy. So, but you had one album, and then this is the then you had three. Uh, this would be the third of that. How, how do those the, the albums tie together? And was it something that you guys planned right from the start, or was it just a matter of, hey, we've got two albums that have these themes? Or how did it, how did the trilogy come about and, and, and tying that together? Um, the trilogy started when I finished Funeral, and it was getting some some decent traction. Funeral was my first LP that I did by myself. Um, and I, when I decided to go to the studio to do Moon Lover, which is the first of the trilogy and the first album that I actually did in a, a professional studio, um, I had an idea to do a three-album trilogy. Um, and there's a couple inspirations for it, and I kind of try to do a bunch of different things for this for this trilogy. I mean, the initial idea came because I like um, fantasy novels so much, and a lot of a lot of fantasies written in trilogies, you know, three books. And that was, that was kind of like the very initial idea. And then um, there's a, a painter, um, an American painter, Mark Rothko. Um, I think he was in like 50s around that era. Um, he paints like giant abstract pieces of art on canvas. Um, they're like giant uh, color fields. Um and they sell for like millions of dollars or whatever, just for like giant blocks of color. But they're really cool. They're like eight, nine feet tall canvases. And um, he was asked, "What, what do you capture? What do you try to paint?" Um, and he he said, "I try to capture the three basic human emotions: uh, tragedy, ecstasy, and doom." And so that's kind of uh, the the path I followed for these three albums. So Moon Lover is tragedy. Uh, Star Mourner was Ecstasy, and then this album here is more Doom. And so those are kind of the three basic human emotions that I used for my trilogy. And then at the same time, I did two different parts of it, um, Purgatory, Heaven, and Hell, which these three albums follow. And then uh, it was supposed to be Sun, Moon, and Stars. Um, but with this one, instead of the sun, I put um, Self Flow there. I changed it kind of last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. 
<coughs> Sorry. Um, so could you tell us a little bit, little bit about the writing and um, recording process? I mean, how, how do you guys go into that? Is this something that, uh, I mean, do you do a lot of the writing yourself or do you get the other guys to come in and, and help you with that? How does that work? Um, everything previous to this album was written entirely by me. Um, <clears throat> I would write all the, every instrument, I would program the drums, I'd play the piano, guitar, bass, and so I wanted to to sort of do something new with this one. Um, with Star Mourner, our last one, we, I kind of took like a, a step towards that direction where I still wrote the whole album, but in the studio, um, the entire band recorded their own instruments. And then with this one now, uh, we fully wrote it together as a band. Um, I think, I don't know, I just I wanted it to to sound new, to sound different. And I know like, if I would have wrote it myself, it wouldn't have sound sounded anything like this. Like the guys, um, they've been in the band since 2016 when I, I needed a live band, um, when funeral came out or not funeral, uh, moon lover came out and we were on the road. And so I, I like trusted these guys. And so, uh, with COVID and everything, and I, I lived, uh, an eight hour drive away from the rest of the guys. They all lived in Minneapolis and I lived in, um, North Dakota, a different state. Um, it was it was a big mixture of things like we'd send files back and forth. I would take trips out there. Uh, we'd get in the same room and start writing um, with this album. The the very first song we wrote was Convince Me to Bleed, which was also the first single we put out. And that one was written entirely um, in a room together. And we just recorded like uh, the demo just playing in a room with our, our cell phone. And then from there, we kind of had the roadmap for the album and, and the idea. And so we have three guitarists and um, each song kind of starts um, with one of the three guitarists uh, coming up with the riff and then we would send it to each other. And then the other guitarists and the other players in the band would um, build on that and like add their own parts and give their own ideas. And so it was a group effort and um, some were written more in the same room. Some were written almost entirely on the computer um, and sent back and forth, and then one song, um, uh, which one was it? Sinew and Vain, that one was written entirely in the studio. We just um, wanted to do one song where we just came in with one riff, and then we just finished the entire thing while in the studio. So yeah, it was like a, a mixed bag of, of stuff we did to write this one. How have you found the, the journey for you going from... Um, like you say, composing and writing everything yourself and playing all the instruments to um, bringing in a whole band. and I mean, because it's, it's your baby and you're kind of letting go to an extent and, and trusting other people. I mean, it must be uh, quite a journey to get to that point. And, I mean, to, to have this latest album and it sounding, you know, like, I mean, it must be a pretty proud achievement, almost like a, a, a birthing as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone, everyone asked me that and – um, I think I, I had just written so much just myself that I kind of almost got it out of my system to have like complete control and write every single part. I mean, I wrote the initial EP funeral moon lover and star mourner all just by myself. It's like a few hours of music. And I mean, it's fun to write by myself, but it was also kind of a fun process to actually, uh, work with other people and let them bring their ideas. And, 
like I said, I, I don't think I could have wrote an album like this just by myself. I mean, when I write stuff, it's, it's way more simple. Um, it's way more straightforward, like four, four time. Um, I focus a lot on like simplicity, minimalism, um, just going from like one chord to another chord and, and simple melodies while the other guitar players, um, they listen to a lot more like death metal and they do a lot more rhythmic stuff and, uh, you know, different time signatures than I ever would. And they write different kind of riffs. And so I think the mixing of those two styles and those two voices or three voices in this case with the guitars just, uh, gave a, gave a cool sound. And I don't know, it was, it was pretty easy to, uh, give up control if you want to call it that. I mean, I didn't have any problem with it. Um, and then, uh, I, I kind of gave myself the rule that, um, you know, whoever's, instrument it was they had the final say was kind of the rule and like we never got into any arguments or anything but like we had discussed parts like oh you should do this here you should do this what instead of that and then at the end of the day though you know if it was the bass player and we wanted him to do it one way he wanted to do another we went he got the final say and that kind of let everyone have you know an equal say in what what they played Oh, mate, that's magic, mate, because, I mean, a lot of what you're talking about is, is the coming together of a band um, in the true sense, if you know what I mean. I mean, because a lot of time you'll have um, bands where there'll be, like, uh, one particular person will be, like, not dictator, but, you know, they'll, they'll have sort of controlling interests and, and things like that. But, I mean, that's not what a band is about, really, is it? You know, and it's like letting go and, and being part of that group and, and shared experiences and shared music. I mean, dude, it must be pretty magical for you as well. Yeah, I'm really happy how it turned out. Like, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I had the trilogy planned ahead of time. I knew this album would be heavy, darker than, than the previous stuff, but you can never fully, like, imagine it in your head or, or play it in your head of what it's going to sound like when it's finally complete. And I think this one just uh, went beyond my expectations. So I'm really, really happy with all the guys' work, and I think they are too. Oh, mate, that's brilliant, mate. One, uh, one of the things, I mean, as an older fan of, uh, of heavy music and all that, I mean, almost in my 50s, um, I mean, one of the things that I've loved in watching is the evolution of music and the evolution of heavy music. Um, and um, I love seeing how black metal has sort of evolved and everything in itself. And, and I, I just love the melody that, that that's coming through, and, and especially in, in self-love. I mean, dude, there's so much melody there. And I mean, people, they'll, they'll think black metal, they don't sort of, sort of pick melody as being something that's important. But, dude, you guys nailed it. It's something quite magical. And, and that's, I mean, it's on a different bent, you know, stuff like the latest Carcass album, that's another thing there. They've got so much melody. And, I mean, it's like, that's that's what it's all about for me. I mean, I love it. I think you guys nailed it, eh? It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think melody just, just naturally comes out when I when I write stuff. Um, I I was in a, I think, and we, we all came from from sort of a non-metal background um we all were playing in like post-hardcore type bands midwest um like emo bands where they use like clean guitars and like tap um tap the guitar and do all that kind of stuff and it sounded like really pretty and so it's kind of a melding of like the black metal style and like that kind of background and it just gave us sort of a, a unique take on black metal and yeah, I love um, 
I love the melody for sure. Um, that's like what stuck out to me when I first um, decided to start this band. I, I picked up the the record by Agalock called Marrow of the Spirit. And the second song on that record just has like blast beats with, with an awesome like guitar lead melody to it. And that's just what sold me on it. So I agree with you. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and it must be fun having three guitars to play with us in the essence to be able to create that. You know, I mean, a lot of bands have only got one or two, but, you know, to have three, you know, you can just put that extra layers and you can get that extra bit in there. I mean, it must be fun to play with. I mean, coming to the to the producing and all that sort of stuff, it must must be interesting going, oh, do I, can I keep that? Can I keep that? Or do I have to chuck that out? You know, it must be a hard process to an extent picking and choosing what you're going to keep yeah definitely it's cool to play with but also has like challenges having three guitars both live i mean you got a lot more equipment you got a way different mix than most bands because most bands will have either one or two and so with every sound guy we got to like make sure you can hear every guitar and then in the studio it's the same thing where yeah you got you got three different i mean the reason we even have three guitars is because when i was first writing i never meant this to be a live band or a studio recording band or anything like that i would just have my one guitar i was on my computer and then i would just um layer parts together so when we did finally go to play live i was like well i have to have three guitars because i have you know the chords going and then i have like a a melody and a harmony going so i'm like okay i I don't want to like play all those out of speakers. So it's it's better to get three guitars. And I also like being really loud (laughs) live, like as loud as possible. So I guess three guitars helps with that too. Definitely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for a a lot of bands also struggle to, to perform live if they have, you know, they put so many different layers on there that, you know, it's almost impossible to do. Whereas, I mean, being able to go out live with three guitars, you can play it almost to the record if you know what i mean and that's got to be so much better for the fans that are coming to your shows yeah um they i don't know these guys are like super super good they just uh i told them hey this is i need to play this record live i just got signed to nuclear blast (laughs) like uh they're like oh okay and they like got together they learned all the parts and we um there are certain things where we still have to put on like a a backtrack but it's just like little synths and stuff like that that i just couldn't play live with with the three guitars but yeah it's a fun time oh that's it i mean because you've got all the atmospheric music and, and keyboards and all that sort of stuff and um you know can't exactly drag a, a piano onto a stage very often can you uh, i used to i used to i had a well, I still have it. It's a it's an 88 key uh, Yamaha P95 keyboard. And the first time we toured the U.S. and the first time we toured Europe, I used a full piano and <laughs> I never used it again after that because it was a pain to like <laughs> set up and everything. It was cool, though. I mean, we like yeah, ended man. the set at the end of Golden Number and I was just, you know, everyone left the stage and I was sitting there playing the piano part is really cool. But yeah, now we just use a sample of that because it's it's a lot of work to get all that set up, plus three guitars, plus everything else. So it's just a matter of uh, being pragmatic about it. Oh, yeah, but still, that would have been pretty awesome to see. Oh, mate, that's fantastic. Um, so back to the album, getting CJ from Thy Artist Murder to come and uh, help you on a song, I mean, that must have been fun. 
Yeah. Um, we, we had the idea to have some guests on this album because, you know, I was already at the point where, okay, I'm not writing everything, so why not get a bunch of help and people who are good at what they do? And so, you know, I got people doing like, like high female chorus vocals. I got somebody to do piano parts on the album other than me. I got somebody to do um, cello and violin. And so, you know, when we were looking for somebody to do some vocals with me, since um, this is going to be a heavier album, I thought, you know, why not? somebody outside of of black metal and we had toured with thyroid is murder for almost two months in the u.s and canada and uh had become friends with them they're really really nice guys and i i just remembered cj was super into the band um he had he would like film us when you're on stage opening for the the tour and post on instagram and stuff like hey check out this band so i knew i knew he was into us and I hit him up on on Instagram, and yeah, he was he was down right away. He he thought it was a great idea, and so I I thought it turned out pretty cool. Like I wrote the lyrics for the part, and I gave him like the sort of section of the song, and I was like, okay. And then he wanted me to like sort of do my own vocal there, just to give him an idea. And then he took that and like he like put his own twist on it and um, did him his own way. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun process. Oh, that sounds awesome, man. So, um, with all this, um, this is a rather weird question to ask, but it's hard, always hard to know how to phrase it correctly, but how does the music come to you? How do you, how do, um, do you hear the music? Do you see the music? Do you hear complete songs or <coughs> do you just hear a melody? How does the music come to you? Um, so for me, like the, the most cathartic part, the the biggest release, um, is during the writing. Um, and I've been, I think it's just, it is hard to explain. (laughs) Um, I've, I've played guitar for so long. Um, I want to say 19 years now, um, where I can just get into a certain mood or feeling, um, a certain headspace really, and just pick up a guitar. I don't have like any preconceived, um, Oh, this is what I want to do with this song. Anything like that. I usually will just pick up the guitar when I'm feeling that way. Like I don't force it. I don't try to, um, Oh, I need to get this song done even though I'm not like in the mood for it. So like basically, (laughs) um, if I'm in a, a, a bad mood or, you know, um, depressive mood then i'll pick up a guitar and i'll just start playing it i don't, I don't know it's just, it's just like second nature to me and you know i'll just play it until i find something that like sounds right and that that's all i really do um i always say like when i'm in a bad mood i'll i'll play music and when i'm in a good mood i will write because i also um write fiction and stuff like that so those are kind of my my two outlets Oh man, that's awesome! So you write stories as well? Yeah, I've been. Well, I try to. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. super good yet, as good as I'm at uh, just picking up a guitar and doing what I want. I think writing's a lot more difficult for me, but I've been doing that for about 13 years. But um, 
yeah, I, I'm working on like books and short stories and all that. And I just think the more you write, the better you get. So that's that's what I've been doing. I'm I'm hoping to to publish something one day, but I don't think I'm uh, quite up to that level yet. Quite yet. Oh man, that's pretty magical, man. I mean, for, I mean, just to touch on something a little bit different, but I mean. A lot of it, uh, you talked about the release and that. Um, I mean, for your mental health, how much, I mean, how much is this a part of being able to move through that? I mean, because everybody struggles with um, depression and anxiety and different things like that. Some will say, no, they don't, and they're deniers or whatever. But a lot of people have these things, and it's finding ways to release it. And from what I'm taking from you is a, a lot of that's your writing um, music as well as your um you're, you're writing your fiction and all that. I mean, how important is that for you to in, in your uh, mental well-being? Oh, it's it's very important, and that's why I'm always working on new stuff and writing new stuff. Like, I don't finish a song or an album, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, um, let's rest. <laughs> like, I'm immediately on to the next thing. Um, it's just uh, it's a it's a healthy way to deal with that kind of stuff. I I have a degree in psychology and i learned you know that it's called uh sublimation it's just taking negative energy that you have built up at all and then turning it into something something constructive or creative and that's one of the most healthy ways to deal with that kind of stuff so yeah it's very important oh mate that's magic because that's for a lot of people and myself included that's what metal is about um it's taking those uh what somewhat what some would see as negative energies and converting them in a um, non-violent way and things like that and expressing those thoughts and feelings without actually um doing any damage if you know what i mean um i mean that's what the, the beauty of metal and and, and well, I add music as well because it's not just metal that i mean a lot of people write for the for the same reason whether it be pop music or, or metal but it's just metal seems to be for a lot of people an excellent release especially when it comes to going to shows and things like that yeah yeah just being in in like a mosh pit is like more of a <laughs> a little more of a violent way but it, it's like a, a safer way to do that too so yeah i don't i just it's something that i've just naturally um found that works for me. And so I know for some people it's a lot harder. They'll be like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you create something out of that? How do you do that? And it's, it's not something I can easily explain other than, you know, I just pick up the guitar and I just uh, let it kind of come out of me through, through my playing. Oh, mate, that's absolutely magical, mate. That's what it's all about, eh? And, and it's people understanding that. I mean, a lot of people struggle with it and don't sort of see that side or understand that side. Anyway, I've got, only got a moment left with you. We've got to wrap it up. Um, first off, uh, release shows. Are you going to be able to do release shows and get any touring done over there at the moment? I mean, I know it's touch and go with COVID and everything. Uh, we want to. We have nothing planned. We are working hard to find something anything so that's where we are right yeah. now oh, well, hey you're welcome down under mate <laughs> oh that, that would be a dream we'd love to go there <laughs> oh well mate hopefully with all the the new album and everything and, and a whole lot of press going yet hopefully we can get the ball rolling um okay i've got one last question for you before we let you go and that would be words of advice for young musicians 
Um, let's see. My advice would be uh don't don't try to sound like anyone else. Don't worry if if people laugh at what you make, make something different, make something that you like first and foremost. And you know, when I started Ghost Bath, I had originally wanted a full band at the very start and I showed you know, the four other members, my EP with my super high pitch vocals. And they're all like, no, we can't do this. Um, you know, people are going to laugh at us and they kind of quit the band. Cause I was like, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I like. And, you know, obviously that worked out. And so I think, yeah, above all, just, um, play what you like, play what's, uh, like honest and true to you and don't worry about sounding a certain way or sounding cool or, or whatever. Yeah, that's my advice. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases... Brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section, we were lucky enough to talk to Charlie from the band Suffocation. They're about to release their newest album very soon, so once again, we have no music. Uh, we just get straight into the interview. G'day, we're talking with Charlie Arrigo from the band Suffocation. They're about to release their newest live album, Live in North America, November the 12th. You must be excited to have this one about to be released. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, you know, it's been a long time coming for Frank to have his last record that he's going to be on. So uh, we're definitely proud to put this out. Oh, mate, that's fantastic, mate. And as you said, this is Frank Mullen's last tour sort of um, celebration um, could you tell us a little bit about the, the the tour and some of your memories of Frank on this last tour? Yeah. Um, all right. So, like, normally going on tour with Frank's pretty, you know, you know, uh, crazy. I guess you know, like Frank being Frank, whatever, whatever. Um, but this tour was definitely uh, definitely stood out. You know, he was definitely a little bit more sentimental, and. Uh, in the room and the shows and stuff you know and just uh you know like pre and post show vibes were definitely like unique for that one you know well that's it i mean it must have been a special time for you all you know i mean it'd be a celebration and a letting go at the same time and it must have been uh quite uh tearing in some way yeah definitely there we definitely had our uh you know our, the emotional moments you know definitely have our past the bottle around and you know have the emotional like after show like you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> but uh 
But when we were in New York, it was definitely special because, you know, it's like we played, uh, it was the Gramercy Theater. And uh, Frank definitely, uh, you know, he got super emotional at that show. And that was a, that was a big impact for all of us. That was, uh, you know, he's like, you know, it's his hometown and all that stuff. And it was just a crazy vibe in the room. Everyone was, uh, everyone was really uh, great that night for sure. Oh, mate, that's absolutely epic, man. And so 2021, you guys have been celebrating uh, the 30th year. This is 30 years since your first release ever. Uh, have you guys been able to do anything to celebrate that? Um, I mean, you know, like for me, like, you know, it's like kind of like that's kind of a Hobbs Derek or mostly Hobbs type of thing. Yeah. Um. It's really what he's he's playing. He's had a, he's thrown a couple ideas around. Um, we're gonna do some cool stuff, but uh, nothing that I can really talk too much about yet. But uh, <laughs> there's some things being thrown around for sure. Oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic. Now yeah. we got we had you down here in New Zealand in 2015. Um, you came down here with Decapitated, played a very small bar in Wellington called Bodega. You have any memories of that show? Well, I actually wasn't even in the band for that one. Oh, bugger. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I wish I could. I uh, we were, uh, I know that we were supposed to be trying to do some Australia stuff, but uh, I just know that, uh, yeah, I was not there for that one. But wish I was, but I wasn't. So I don't really have a comment for that one. <laughs> Oh, well, I can tell you, I was there, and, and dude, it, it was something really special. You know, we'd waited, at that point, it'd been uh, 24 years to, go, to get you guys down here. And, um, you know, for New Zealand, it, it, it's really quite difficult getting bands to be able to come down here. I mean, because of financial restraints and things like that. And you now we're in the bottom ass of the, of the world there. Um, and, and, you know, so... Uh, when we do get bands come down, it, it, it's something quite special. And, you know, for a lot of the fans, I mean, dude, it really was, you know, it, it was an amazing show, especially having Decapitated on the lineup as well. Yeah, definitely. Um... Excellent. So um, you guys are going to be getting out on the road soon. Is that the case? You're going to be doing a release yeah, show? Yeah, finally, for man. It seems like it's been forever. And so I'm sure uh, I'm sure a lot of bands are feeling the same way. It's uh it's good to see a lot of bands have been out there playing and tours are coming back, but uh, it's definitely felt like forever for us. So we got the uh, we got these uh, we got three shows coming up, and then we got uh, some time off, and then we go to Europe with Belfagor, and then we got some other stuff going on in the works. So hopefully things will start kicking back in soon, you know. And hopefully we get this new record out sooner than later, for sure. Excellent. Well, that's it. I mean, because I mean, the whole COVID effect and everything and, and what it's doing in the world, I mean, that's got to be messing with all you guys and all your plans that you would have had for the last few years. How difficult has that been? Yeah, man, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure, like I was saying before, I'm sure like a lot of bands have been on the same boat as long as, you know, besides bands, just everyone, you know, humans of earth. <laughs> You know, like everyone's, you know, like this is not just a, uh, you know, this is not just a certain country thing. This is a, a world, you know, planet Earth thing. <laughs> and uh, it's just, uh, it's just a weird world we're living in right now. So it's kind of just, for me, I've been just trying to uh, 
take it as it comes. Can't get too worked up because there's not we can really control right now ourselves. Well, well, that's dead right, and I mean you've just got to sort of look uh, look to the future and, and hope, you know, because it, it, it's um, otherwise it just does you hit a nail. Absolutely, man. You know, you got to try to stay positive in these times for sure. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it must be um, also pretty frustrating when you see uh, like bands like Cradle of Filth have just gone over, come over the air at the moment, and they had a show where the the two support bands had to be pulled because they got a um, COVID test like minutes before the show. It's got to be so frustrating, eh? Yeah, man. I mean, like, I, like I said, this is our first couple shows back, so I've yet to personally experience any of that stuff, but. It's definitely it's definitely something that's on our minds and everyone's minds, you know. It's like everything's kind of up in the air now. It, it really is, eh? and, and, and it's quite concerning and, and worrying about how it's going to affect the the whole music industry going forward. You know, especially absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, because for for a lot of bands like yourselves, you know, the getting out there and playing is is the meat and potatoes of how you guys make a living. Um, yeah, so, definitely, yeah, man. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's hard because you know we're in we're in this industry that there's getting a lot of people together in one area, you know. So I understand, I understand why our field is is you know a little bit different than other jobs, but you know, it's definitely been rough to try to make things work out. But been trying to make it work for sure. Everything's been working out. And uh, trying to move forward, as I was saying. <laughs> everything's oh, looking, that's it. Uh, that, that, that's everything's exactly. looking up. So how do you guys keep in shape for um, getting out um, on the road and, and preparing and all that sort of stuff and, and recording? I mean, do you guys so – how much practice do you do personally? Well, that's the thing. So, like, with suffocation, um, we all kind of – there's me, Derek, and Hobbs live on Long Island. And – uh Ricky lives in. Ricky just moved, and uh, our drummer is from Ca- is from Canada. So now, you know, we're all kind of separated. So it's not like we can like be like, all right, yeah, for the next two months, let's go, boys. We don't yeah. really have that option. So you know, we all kind of try to polish up on our own on our own time, like a couple weeks before the tour, and then usually we all get together around two weeks before the tour and try to crunch and just play every day, and uh. It works out usually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fingers crossed, eh? Yeah, so, no, but it works out. You know, we uh we get a lot of we get a lot of hours in, and uh, it works out. You know, like first couple practices, you know, you know, you gotta knock the dust off a little bit, but then uh, you know, get back in the pocket. <laughs> so, so do you guys all keep in contact with each other and and, and all that sort of stuff quite often? Because I mean, you know, especially with. Um, the, your drummer in Canada and everything—you uh, must sort of feel that uh, that separation quite a bit. Yeah, definitely with him, it's been. Uh, I will say that we've been uh, not as in contact as usual because there's not much we can do right now. Yeah. So um, that was a shame that we had to do that. We actually had to, uh, you know, we were supposed to do the uh, Madball show a couple of weeks back and. Uh, we couldn't do it because of the visa issue with him because of all the stuff going on. But yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of other bands going through this, but everything's going good now with that. And uh, 
so now you know now there's more of a reason to be like hey what's going on so uh you coming down you know it was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. for a while it was just kind of it was kind of just like all right well we just gotta wait but the rest of us like i said me hobbs and derek we all live within 20 minutes of each other and so we get we see each other multiple times a week so we're always getting together and writing and riffing and stuff which is good so, oh, that's awesome, mate! Because that was where I was going to hit it. Was was what have you guys been up to in the break? Have you guys been doing writing and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely, man. I will say, like I said, with the distance stuff, and uh, you know, just you know, in the beginning, it was just like motivation crusher. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we've definitely put together some new tunes for the new record, and we're trying to get it done as soon as possible. And uh, get it out so we got the live record and we're trying to get together the new record as well so we're going to try to put to get some new material out to you guys as well well that's but, it i mean at the moment you're sort of balancing between the, the the finishing up i guess of frank with the with the celebration of his time with, within the band and then um i guess the, the next step is moving forward with the the new material but yeah you know, i mean yeah. right at the present it's sort of like celebrating frank and his part of the within yeah. the suffocation story. Yeah, definitely. We're in a little bit of a transition period. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, and it must be must have been so heartbreaking having to cancel that show a few weeks back. Yeah, man, you know, all of us were, like, super excited and just, like, we're like, all right, we're finally going to get to play again. And, like, it was a good – it was a pretty good lineup. And we are just, like – we were just excited to play again. We got prepared, and it was just, like, it, it didn't end up working out. And it was just, like – it's very uh I don't know, it makes you feel weird, you know, you're like, yeah, like is this gonna how many is this gonna keep happening? But but like I said, everything's been working out since then, all the other show stuff that we've had lined up, everything's been working out, nothing's been getting cancelled, knock on wood. Yeah. But uh <laughs> you know. Well, that's it. I mean, it really is such a, a hard time to be um, you know, to, to be getting out there. I mean, fingers crossed it all pans out pans out. Uh, over quickly and all that sort of thing but you know i mean getting those vaccine rates up high and all that sort of stuff you know i mean it's, it's also this thing of making it um the shows where some uh, venues are making it vaccine only you know, if you're unvaccinated you can't go i mean it's it's, it's really hard eh? yeah you know like uh we just don't you know it's it's like some do some don't so it's it's just very like confusing. You know, yeah. Like there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things being said or done, and it's you know it's 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 hard too because you have people that do want to do the vax and don't want to do the vax. Either way, you know, to each their own. Yeah. But um, it just makes it difficult because you know you don't want to lose fans over something like this as well, where you know they can't come to a show because they don't want to get it, but. You know, like you don't have any, you know, like, like I said, everyone's got their own life. They want to do it. You know, they're going to live how they want to live. I'm, I'm not wanting to say how you're, yeah. anyone's supposed to live their life, <laughs> but you know, it's just something to think about. You know, there's a lot of weird thoughts that can happen with all this stuff going on. Well, that's right. And, and what it really comes down to is safety for everybody because everybody wants to stay safe, whether they get vaccinated or not. You know, everybody wants to be safe and everybody, nobody really wants to hurt anybody else, I would say. Uh, well, Absolutely. not intentionally anyway. Absolutely. 
So, you know, it's hard call. You know, I was heartbroken to hear um, with Eric Wagner from The Skull, you know, that was such a devastating story. You know, he goes out on tour and two or three weeks into it, they all get COVID and he passes, you know. It's a pretty scary time. It's, it's a shame. Oh, it was a shame, man, and scary. Well, well, that's it, you know. I mean, it must make it you know, quite anxious to be getting out there at the same time you just want to get out there and do it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, life's like a weird movie, you know? It's like, it doesn't feel real. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's it. I mean, we all watch these bloody sci-fi movies from the past and all that sort of stuff, and we didn't sort of think too much of it. But some of these things seem to be um, starting to uh, appear in real life. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little freaky, but, you know, I'll, just, I'll keep that at that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, like just yesterday, I saw this thing where they had this uh, this robot dog that the um, the defense uh, some of the defense companies were showing off, um, and it's like a oh, drone yeah. dog that, that Boston could... Electronics. Yeah, dude, that's some or freaky shit think. right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, that, that makes you think Iron Man, all that sort of crap. You know, um, takes you back to RoboCop and all those movies. We're not really in that world yet, are we? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the movies, they're a little off with the timing, with the years that they're, you know, yeah. predicting. But, you know, it's getting close to some of these movies. You're like, oh, man, that's, like, pretty close to that movie. <laughs> exactly, man. It's yeah. A... <laughs> Weird world, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is bloody getting really freaky, eh? Oh, yeah. mate. So, um, on a more personal note, um. What would you say is uh, one of your first recollections of music? What was it that first inspired you and got you into playing um, music, whether it be heavy metal or, or whatever it was that you started? Uh, your like the first music? like music of life, like when you're a child and you don't you know hear anything, and then you're you know like boom, you're like oh what that's music like that. Yeah, yeah well that and what inspired you to to become a musician? <laughs> well, um, when I was a when I was a baby. Like the first, you know, like the first type of music I was listening or like remember liking when I was a kid was actually Elvis Presley. Yeah. So like that was pretty cool. And I was just like, I liked he had the guitar or whatever, you know, it's a little I'm not so much into it now. I got respect for the guy. But you know, when <laughs> I was a kid, I was definitely uh I was definitely intrigued, like, you know, and like all the older, you know, like the grandparents were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's cute get the kid to like elvis you know whatever so like <laughs> so i liked that but it was cool and then uh as i got older uh my like parents and like family would listen to like you know like van halen and you know like black sabbath and like you know like not anything crazy like just like the radio stuff they didn't really get into, into it too crazy but uh that kind of i heard i heard that van halen and my dad showed me eruption and i was like oh man that's pretty crazy yeah i was like when i was like eight and then i got and then i ended up getting a guitar the next year for christmas when i was nine and then uh i've just been messing around with it ever since <laughs> oh that's led you to where you're in suffocation yeah and traveling yeah, the definitely. world <laughs> it's yeah. been a, definitely a weird ride to get there but uh yeah, I've been all over the place with different musics I've been into and bands I've been in and just like, you know, growing up and having your different phases and whatever, you know. 
Yeah. I'm still growing up. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> growing up. Oh, that's it. Eh? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the evolution of us is, is far from over yet. And, you know, there's always that, you know, every day's a school day. Definitely. Yeah, man. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. So, what would you say are some of your your inspirations for for playing nowadays? Uh, what are some of the modern bands that, or some of the older bands, maybe even that that inspire you in, in your musical uh, journey now? It's funny, but like uh, mostly, like uh, I'm I'm usually like I'm usually into the more like heavy slammy stuff. Yep. Like uh I like I have another band that's like more of a slam band. So like I usually, you know, like gravitate more towards that direction. Like but it's like for suffocation I don't really uh go like you know, like I'm into bands now, like you know, these bands like like Knocked Loose or Kublacon or like, you know, there's like these heavier bands. Yeah. But uh I would say for suffocation, though, I kind of like when I write suffocation, I try to listen to suffocation <laughs> just because, you know, like my inspiration for this band is like, you know, like I was a fan. Obviously, I was a fan before the band. Before I was in it. But, uh, you know, for me personally, like to get inspired to write suffocation, I try to listen to the older stuff and kind of see what they were doing then that we aren't doing now and try yeah. to pull some of those things out that uh you know some of the key points that i noticed that people like or you know some songs that i noticed people in the crowd saying and try to go back and listen to some elements of the songs and try to get those into some new stuff you know well that's it i mean it must have been a a pretty uh inspiring moment when you went to go join suffocation i mean you say you were a fan i mean what was that like you know being a fan and then being asked to play to, to join this band that you yeah growing well, up um, i kind of had like a little like kind of had like a little like so like i said i had my other band it, it was kind of like a little mini story real quick so like i had my other band and uh it's called the merciless concept like i said it's like a slam band we ended up opening up for uh internal bleeding and uh, I ended up actually, they asked me to actually end up filling in for them. So I was playing with Internal Bleeding for a while. And then that made me make friends with the Pyrexia guys. And then now I was friends with the Pyrexia guys and I joined Pyrexia for a little while. And I ended up going on tour with Pyrexia opening up for suffocation. And then they took notice to me and made friends with them. And then, you know, it kind of just that's how it kind of worked out. But oh, uh, it was cool that I got to be able to play in like, you know, some of these, you know, like some of these legendary New York death metal bands that are from like back in the day when I was a little kid <laughs> or not even born, let's say some of them. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's definitely like, even sometimes now it's, it's definitely weird for me to, I'm definitely like more used to it now. Obviously I've been around the guys more and, you know, I look at them more like my family now rather than like, Oh man, that's suffocation. But like when I definitely, uh, when I joined the band, I would look over and I definitely would feel proud slash like nervous and just like weird that I'm looking over at them on stage instead of up at them on the stage, you know? 
like I'm sharing the stage with them now instead of watching them on stage. It's definitely a cool feeling. Well, that's it. I mean, working with somebody like Terence, you know, I mean, that must be something really special. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you know, we all have have watched and and seen that, but you know, um, we're just fans. We don't get to interact and, and get to understand some of the things. I mean, because dude, that they must be so full of knowledge, um, and yeah. the stories that he would have to tell, um, yeah. and all those experiences. I mean, dude, the dude's been doing it for thirty plus years, man. <laughs> yeah, and he's um, I will say, you know, like not just because I'm in the band, but uh, he is definitely one of the most humble guys doing this. That's one of the, one of the OGs. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's definitely taught me a lot, especially like, uh, you know, not just guitar playing, you know, other things, but, uh, you know, he's definitely turned me into a monster on the guitar that I never thought that I, I don't know. He, he taught me some tricks that I never thought I could do. So he's, he's a madman, you know, <laughs> oh mate that, that's absolutely awesome eh? and that's it i mean you know to be sharing the stage with these legends and being part of that you know it just must be so awesome eh? i mean I, I was lucky enough when they did come down here to new zealand in 2015 that i got to spend a few moments with them back uh, outside um before they played and um dude it was just so magical just shaking hands with terence and um we had a little smoke and and all that sort of thing it, it was just, it was so cool though and it was just like you know legends that people that we grew up with you know as a as a um you know i'm coming into almost 50 now and um you know these are bands that i grew up with when i was a little kid sitting there going holy shit what's this stuff man when did you know? when did you uh when did you hear you hear suffocation for the first time um it was very early on probably about 91 92 and Dude, we were in New Zealand. We hadn't really witnessed anything like that. And um, I was still uh, a young lad coming through. My um, The way I was brought up was uh, my parents were incredibly religious. And so I wasn't allowed to listen to heavy metal or anything like that. Um, I remember yeah. having a death album and a, dark angel, a death angel album, and my parents made me burn them. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, and so hearing something like that just blew my fucking mind. And the the beauty of my parents doing that was that it just made me uh, even more adamant that I was going to get into metal, um, and it just made my love for it grow stronger. Um, and so, yeah, hearing those yeah, early days, goes, man, right? yeah, it, it, it was beautiful, eh? And I, I was yeah. just thankful for that music because it just got me, you know, gets you through those times, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was definitely like a, something that metal does to you that people that don't like it don't understand oh that's it mate and you know it's got so much it gives you so much strength people don't sort of understand that um but it it just gives you that uh yeah oh there's so much it does for you (laughs) it's hard to put into words sometimes exactly it's a little indescribable It, it is but it's something i think that's quite unique to metal we're extremely lucky oh definitely man and just playing it is another thing, man. Yeah. Forget it. Like with Suffocation, that was like my favorite live band to watch. And now playing it is a different like my like like state of mind. You know, yeah. it's definitely puts you in a weird state playing those songs that I always used to like, but just playing death metal that I like and just you get in the zone playing it, man. It's 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 like I said, you know, it's, it's indescribable.
Oh, mate, that's awesome, mate. I mean, it must be um, – it's also so good for your, your mental state, eh? I mean, that's what a lot of people don't sort of understand, you know, and uh, everybody struggles with these de- depressions, anxieties and fears, even more so at the moment. And that's why it's so important to have that release and, and be able to do what you guys are doing and all that because you sort of need that, don't you? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean – now that I'm, like, uh, in the band, like, I was usually, like, with any music, I'm more, like, a musical person. Like, I like, yeah, I'm into the vocals as well, yeah. But, like, I usually pay attention more to the music. But being in suffocation now, like, I've learned a lot more of the lyrics and stuff. And uh, and they tell me, like, who wrote what? And, like, you know, like, who wrote what lyrics? And I was, like, what that person was going through at that time in their life. Or, like, oh, yeah, if you don't check this out this part right here you know like this is actually like some like serious stuff like this is not just like i'm like oh like it's more just like you can use it like everyone thinks that it's just oh kill and like there's no meaning behind it you know like but there there is meaning behind it it's just you know it's meta you know like yeah generalized or metaphorical you know you just like have to say it in a different way you know well, that's it. I mean, a lot of people that aren't metalheads have always had this preconceived idea of, of what metalheads are and, and all that sort of thing and sort of don't understand um, the, the deeper levels. And that's it. I mean, you might be writing a song about um, killing somebody or something like that and all that sort of thing, but it, it's actually more about, you know, just expressing yourself. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to go out and kill somebody. Yeah, you know, like I always try to, like, tell the people, you know, it's usually, like, you know, like somebody's grandmother or something's all like looks at your shirt and they're like, oh yeah, you sing all that, whatever. It's like, yeah, but they don't think all that stuff about like the people that like write horror movies or like make these like horror games, you know, it's like the same thing. It's yep. like not, it's not, you know, we're just, you know, it's a, it's just interesting, you know, like it's not just every song on the radio, you know, it's like you can be way more creative. Oh, well, that's it, eh? and that's what I love about one of the things I love about it, metal is that they are so creative, and um, you know they are a lot more open and and prepared to express themselves. You know, I mean, instead of repression, and that's what a lot of people struggle with these days. And you know, finding that outlet for a lot of people is so crucial. I mean, people sort of laugh at you when you say heavy metal saved your life. But, dude, if I hadn't have had heavy metal, man, I would probably killed myself so long ago. But, you know, it's got me through, you know, and uh, I'm sure that there's millions and billions of other people that are a testament to the same thing. Yeah, that's that's for me. That's why uh, I definitely like, especially, you know, like being in such a monumental band like Suffocation, I definitely uh, try to... uh, hear everyone out and uh you know and a lot of people want to tell you that stuff and you know like a lot of musicians kind of brush it off but i uh i definitely pay attention and really uh you know take it personally when they say that it means a lot you know that they they're i was like i said I'm, i wasn't the guy that made the band i wasn't in the band forever but you know like when they're just like that show is crazy and i've been listening to you know like, there's some people that just got into us last album yeah, like some of the younger kids, just the first time they heard us was of the dark light, and uh, you know, like <laughs> it's it's just interesting for those kids to just be young and to be like, man, you guys, it's like really, like, you know, say something personal, and it's a good feeling, you know. 
Well, that's it, and that, that's a people the, the side that a lot of middle uh, a lot of people wouldn't sort of um, see uh, from middle. But you know, there is so much of that, and that, that's the beauty of it. You know, middleheads are not oh, yeah. what people would you know expect them to be, or supposedly they, they pigeonhole them as. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've only got a few moments left with you before we got to let you go. So I, I better round it up. Um, any chances of you guys getting down to New Zealand, uh, Australia at any time soon? Um, I don't personally know for fact. We do have a lot of stuff going on in the works. Like I said, we're, you know, like right now we're focused on putting out this live record and we're trying to get this new record done. But, um, there's definitely been talks of trying to get to some places we haven't been in a while. And uh, I don't have anything to like say yet, but oh, mate. Well, I would love to, I would love to, we really want to, but uh, <laughs> you know, we want to go everywhere, Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, like we will see how the world goes. <laughs> yeah. It really is touch and go at the moment, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's a really hard time. Hopefully we we'd love to have you back down here. Um, as soon as you guys can make it, and I know it's tough times at the moment, but you know you're very, very welcome down here again. Okay, I've got one last question for you before we let you go, and that is words of advice for young musicians. Um, don't give up in the beginning when it's hard. You know, like you got to challenge yourself. You know, a lot of kids in the beginning they get frustrated and they're like, "Oh shit, oh shit, I can't do this." Like death metal especially is kind of hard and you know like yeah don't think that you can't do it like i i never thought when i when i started playing guitar that i was going to end up being in a band playing for thousands of people like i never thought that i'd made my band and thought i would you know play for a couple hundred people here and there but point is just keep trying your hardest and you never know it'll take you you know like Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section, we were lucky enough to catch up with Obi Flett from the band Pathology. Um, once again, it's a, a long interview, so we're just going to get straight into the interview. Enjoy. G'day, we're talking with Obi Flett from the band Pathology. They're about to release their newest album, The Everlasting Plague, on the 19th of November. Not too far away now, Obi? No, it's uh, coming up quick. Oh, mate, you must be fully excited. Definitely, man. We put a lot of hard work into this one, and uh, I think it's going to melt faces. 
Oh, mate, I've been lucky enough to have a bit of a listen to it the last few days, and, dude, it's an absolutely killer album, eh, man? Awesome. Glad you like it, man. Yeah, we, uh, we like I said, we put a lot of work into it, and uh, we, we added some, uh, we spiced it up from the, you know, previous stuff, so um, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Oh, mate, that's fantastic. So, first off, I'd like to ask you a little bit about the album cover art. I mean, it's very cool. I understand you guys brought back an artist that you'd used previously? Um, yeah, we used Carl Olufsen for, uh, gosh, I don't know, a bunch of album covers at this point. Um, and, yeah, we have uh, the Doctor, who's been on most of the album covers, and he just kind of uh, gets into to, has new things happening to him uh, on every single album. You know, this time he's like a like a juiced up zombie, like ripping dudes apart. So yeah, <laughs> it's fully sick, man. Oh, that's awesome. So, could you tell us a little bit about the the writing and recording process? Um, especially being, I mean, this is the second album that you guys have, you, that you've fully done with the with the band. I mean, how was it like this time around? Uh, this time around was a little different. The last one, we it was the first album that all of us have done together, you know, so it was kind of, um, we just kind of came together and cranked it out, and uh, we, we got it out pretty quick, and we started touring on it and, you know, uh, rolling with it uh, pretty quickly. Now, this album, we, you know, it, it, it fired off during the pandemic, so we had all the time in the world, um, listened to it a lot more. Um, we revised it way more than the last album. You know, we came through, and, and our guitarist Dan, I know he added a lot of the different elements that you wouldn't hear on a previous uh, Pathology album. Uh, those were added in. You know, later we kind of we, we kind of cranked out an album, sounded just your typical pathology album and then just started it and tweaking it and tweaking it and adding cool shit and it just uh it, it turned into what what you'll hear on november 19th oh mate and like i say i've been lucky enough to have a listen and dude it really comes through eh? all those little tweaks and all those little bits you know I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to think that, I mean, it was only 2019 you guys put out your last album and, and you're sitting here telling me that you spent a lot of time on this one. I don't mean that in a, in a sarcastic way, but, you know, I mean, it's like two years. That That's pretty cool, man. Um, but, yeah, with the whole COVID thing and everything, I mean, how did that guys affect you guys and how you guys were able to work? I mean, do you guys all live in the same town, the same city, or how do you guys work around that? You know guys live within a couple minutes of each other. I actually live a couple hundred miles away. I'm, I'm, I'm right near uh, Los Angeles, a little bit north of Los Angeles, and the guys are in San Diego. So they're about, you know, 200 plus miles from me. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the writing didn't really happen with with me there, because they would all just get together, you know, and, uh, and record riffs and, and uh, add new things to it and and so a lot of that was done without me having to be there you know I, I my part comes in after they've already the songs you know 90% locked in um so that's that came together and uh yeah I mean 
it, we we do uh, hold ourselves to deadlines and 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 you know crank things out uh, fairly quickly. Uh, I know that uh, you know the last one happened fast. This one took quite a bit longer, but you know you have to also account for the fact that you know some of these some of this time we weren't doing anything but the album. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. know, you were just sitting at home waiting. You know? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, from what I understand, you guys did a lot of prep work and all that sort of stuff beforehand, and then went it went into the studio for about a week. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was about uh, shoot. My part was only yeah. I think it was a week. I think it was one, two, three. It was like five, eight or seven days. I can't remember. But my part. We kind of came in at different parts, so like, you know, uh, Dave laid the drums down first in the first two days, and then he was there for the guitar recording and the bass, and he went home, and and then I showed up, because it was another thing in the studio, the guy didn't want um, a bunch of people in there, he wanted to keep it to, to three people maximum, so we kind of had to stack um, ourselves in there. <laughs> Um, stagger the attendance so like say the, you know uh, Dave the drummer went home and I showed up and did the, the vocals so when I recorded my part Dave actually wasn't there it was just uh, Dan and uh, and Ricky there oh wow <laughs> that's, that's awesome so uh, with the, um, your side being the, the lyrics and the, and the vocals could you tell us a little bit about your um, lyrical inspirations and, and what your uh, subject matter is this time? What sort of things you can cover? Um, you know, this one was pretty random, man. I just kind of uh, I pulled things from from all different areas. You know, um, there's uh, a song. Uh, you know, we were sitting around watching a lot of like. Uh, you know, the Sky ID and, like, murder shows and stuff, and that's where, like, engaging in homicide came from, you know, just <laughs> uh, watching, you know, murder shows on TV. And then, you know, there's uh, there's other ones. I, I cut a lot of... Uh, I read a lot of different articles and books and stuff, so, you know, I pulled out, like, some bizarre... Uh, like, um, death rituals... Like Viking death rituals, and I put a song about that, and brutal, and then just other, just kind of seeing every day. Like um, uh, there's a song about being addicted to plastic surgery. You know, you turn on your TV and you see all kinds of weird looking people that are <laughs> just uh, altering the way they look just for the sake of having enough money to do it. And uh, so that's you know, it's a song about horrifying side effects of that. Uh, it's, but it's pretty random though. This time, you know, there was no real theme to the entire album. It doesn't. It doesn't like take you on it. It takes you on a journey, but like musically. So yeah. you know, the the the, the lyrical themes are, are definitely uh, broken up. It's all about you know cool shit. You know, yeah. but uh, there, there's there's nothing that uh, is like a storyline through the entire you know all the songs or anything. So, with the album title, uh, The Everlasting Plague, I mean, was that a reference to COVID and, and was that something you thought of earlier on or, or is that something that came later? I mean, looking at what's going on in the world, it's pretty messed up at the moment. 
I mean, when you have hindsight, you can look back and you see all these things that were so relevant to what's going on now, eh? Right, right, yeah, for sure, man. Excellent. So, um, with the, uh, how do you, um, how does the music come to you or the lyrics come to you? How do you um, go around, how do you find your uh, lyrical content? I mean, you talked earlier about watching TV and, and that sort of thing and watching different shows and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, how do the, I mean, like, because lyrics and all that are phrases and all that sort of stuff and, you know, paragraphs and all that. How do you go about writing that sort of stuff? I mean, is it just from watching TV and all that or where does it come from for you? You know, oftentimes I don't really have a song in mind when I write. I just write, I just spew onto a page, you know, <laughs> onto pages and pages, and I just spew a bunch of shit down. And then I kind of, when I get music, I have all kinds of topics and different things written, and I kind of go through and I just listen to the songs. And, and I'm kind of going through the, the my different writings that I have, and song riffs kind of speak to me a little bit, and then yep. uh, it's something that I've written down kind of with the song riffs, like I, ima- I can imagine like what the song is about with the riffs, then I, I'll, I'll take that one out, um, and then I'll start breaking, you know, I start dissecting it, pulling it apart, and, um, you know, maybe rewording it, kind of breaking it up a little, uh, taking some pieces, you know, throwing some pieces out, maybe adding something else in to make things kind of fit together right. Um, that's kind of that's kind of my process. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, because it must be, I mean, as, as non-musicians most and, and fans and all that, I mean, understanding that process of, I mean, basically you get handed music and you've got to come up with some sort of lyrics for it. I mean, finding that connection with the, the lyrics to the song, I mean, I mean that's pretty important. And, and if you nail it, you know, that, that that's the key to it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's, uh, and it, that's very important, actually, you know, for, for me, you know, growing up, I would always, uh, the first thing I would do when I got a CD is like crack the thing open and and get the lyric book out. I don't know if people do it anymore, but that's how we used to do it. You know, yep. get the lyric book out and follow along the lyrics while you're listening to it, and you're also looking at the cover, like tripping out on the imagery and, <laughs> and, and you know reading about what they're talking about in the song. And you know, it's it's a it's it's an experience. You know, so I kind of I let that feeling kind of guide me as I. Uh, select what I'm what I'm gonna you know put on each song. 
Oh, mate, that's awesome because that's it. I mean, a lot of people sort of forget about that. Or with the day and age now where uh, with Apple Music and bloody Spotify, you know, it's taken away from what that, that experience. I mean, and, and there's nothing more special than getting that newest album, opening up the cover, looking at all the thank yous and the lyrics and, you know, it's something quite unique. And, I mean, sadly, it seems to be something that's disappearing with this new bloody internet age. <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes me sad to think about that, man. But, you know, I'd like to be able to put it together to where if there are people out there that still like to do it the way I did it as a kid, then, you know, they'll hopefully they'll get something, you know, they'll be able to check out the imagery and, and read the lyrics and, and, you know, have it uh, kind of jump out, in, you know, in the song with everything together. And hopefully they'll, they'll be able to, to get what I got out of it, you know. Oh, that's it, eh? I mean, and the upside of, you know, we, we do have this internet age where people are picking up just single songs and that, but, I mean, at the, the other side of the coin, they're saying that um, vinyl sales are up, you know, 400% and they're, and they're running out of uh, pressings and everything and they're having to repress all the time. And I mean, that's great, man, because I love vinyl. <laughs> that is awesome, man. And I, but I don't know if people are actually playing them or if they're buying the vinyl because it's it's a it's media but it's big enough to put on your wall like a poster i i don't really know, you know what oh, I mean? the horror of it putting it on your wall like a poster <laughs> oh mate <laughs> oh you gotta play it there's nothing more special than when the needle drops mate um I mean, I just got the, yeah. the the newest carcass one to that torn arteries and the packaging for that um their, their lyrics um it's actually a puzzle and from what i understand so far nobody's actually worked out the puzzle of the lyrics i mean that's packaging man <laughs> wow so they went deep with it huh yeah man <laughs> it is like, i mean they've got pages and pages of this oh, of, of this puzzle and it's you know oh mate i mean that's that's it it brings back that mystery and it brings back captures the the imagination again i mean and that's what we need to do isn't it that's really cool, man, and, you know, they've been doing it forever, and, and uh, you know, that was one of the bands I would do that to when I was a kid, man, so I'm glad they're still, uh, you know, pushing the envelope with, uh, with their albums and the content, that's really cool. Yeah, it is, hey, I mean, and, and it's so cool to see, I mean, like, as you say, when you were a kid, you listened to that sort of stuff, oh, I was the same, you know, and, and to know that these bands are still pulling it off, I mean, it's just something really special, Yeah. Anyway, back to your album. <laughs> um, what would you describe as, as your favourite song or the, the, the song that you're most proud of off this newest album? You know, I don't have, I, I don't have like a single favourite song. It really depends on what kind of mood I'm in or how I'm feeling. Uh, but there's like just parts then that jump out to me from each one that are you know, like super atmospheric and like, like, uh, emotional, I guess. I don't know, but like, yeah. um, and then there's other parts that are just like extremely brutal and just punishing, you know? Um, I think favorite, like really brutal part is in, uh, submerged in eviscerated carnage. That song is really gnarly, but there's like, just like this, this breakdown about two thirds of the way through the album. It's not a breakdown. It's just like a change. And, and just the vocals and the riffs 
and everything, it just like wants me. It just makes me want to break shit, you know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Azrael's Wither is kind of a slower, uh, more melodic song. I mean, it's still got super brutal parts in it, but there's like an outro in that song that is just. Um, I remember driving away from the studio, and that that riff was stuck in my head, and uh, uh, it was stuck in my head for a week, man. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that I knew, like this album is going to be really cool because I, I've got I've got so much heavy metal into my brain that it's hard for me to retain um, new information. You know, yeah. it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, and and with this album, there's there's parts that um, leave stuck in my head, and I I feel uh, I felt really fortunate to be a part of an album that can do that for me because it's very rare these days. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, the thing with metal is that I mean we've been around for so long that it, it, it's almost quite difficult to. to ignite the flame again to an extent um and and find something fresh and I, I must tell you i really one thing i really enjoyed about this album was the, the it ref, it's refreshing and and you have that brutality but then you go into like you talk about that atmosphere and the emotional side and and it can be in one song and that's it i mean and with all that melody dude oh mate it's magical it's the package it's a cool, it's a cool mixture, right? Like I, I you know, I, I think people are really going to like it. It's not the same old shit, you know. It's, That's right. It's uh, something different, and you know, we kind of went out on a limb on this one, and just uh, you know, uh, we just, we just did it up, man. We said fuck it and, and uh, tried some new stuff, and I think it came out pretty awesome. Oh, I have to agree, mate. And, you know, that's the thing. It's all about evolution. Um, well, that for me, it's all about evolution and how things evolve and whether you stay stagnant or whether you move on and create something um, hopefully inspiring. And that's what, I mean, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about your album, once again, is that I found it quite inspiring. And it's just, you know, some some real freshness to the metal. And, you know, that's what you want. You know, you don't want a stale old paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Some people do, man. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's no, we're going to piss off some some brutal death metal elitists, you know. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, we, we 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 didn't make this for anybody in particular. We it was just a time in our lives that we came together and and put riffs down and 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 made an album for you know for for us. And it, you know, it was just it's just a moment frozen in time, man. Oh mate, that's epic, man! And, and dude, I mean the elitists. There's no no place for them, mate. <laughs> anyway, so are you guys able to going to be able to do a release show and all that sort of stuff and get back out on their own? I mean, how's it like over there in the states at the moment with the whole COVID thing? I mean, it's hard to hard to read, eh? You know, shows are coming back very slowly. I've been to like two shows. Uh, in the last two years, um, and they were really cool. But it's like you never know what's going to happen next. If there's going to be a new, uh, you know, variant coming through, and like everyone goes back into their homes, uh, it's just you never know. And there's the, the the fallout from all the venues not you know being closed down for so long. Yeah, it's hard to book a tour or put on shows when you don't even know 
in six months from now or three months from now if, if half of these venues are going to be around anymore. I mean, it's, it sucks to say, but, you know, that's the reality that we're in at this point, you know? So um, I, I would love to play a, uh, a release show, but I don't know if there's, we have anything planned at this point. Um, we're still kind of just, like, waiting to see what's going to happen like everyone else, you know? Yeah, well, hopefully it opens soon for you guys. I, mean, I was just reading this morning that um, Cradle of Filth did a show and um, they had uh, to, to cancel the two opening acts because they um, both came out with COVID uh, tests positive just before, like minutes before the show type thing. So it ended up just being a Cradle of Filth show. I mean, that's cool for fans, but at the same time, it's really disappointing, you know, for those support bands that, you know, put in the time and effort to get there and, you know... The money side, it's yeah, it's yeah. harsh. It's it made it really tough for everybody, you know. And now, you know, they're doing a thing in California now where, um, in certain counties like Los Angeles County, I know they do it there. If you if you're in any sort of uh, big gathering of people, you have to show proof of being vaccinated. And you know, I I, I know a lot of people that don't want to get the vaccination. So yep. you know, there's. There's the problem there too with people that don't want to get vaccinated. They're not going to be able to go to shows, which is sucks, man. Yeah, man, it's pretty horrible to see. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're creating two two um, two classes of society. Uh, you're either vaccinated or unvaccinated. At this point, I'm unvaccinated, and I don't even want to even think about the the idea of getting vaccinated. But you know, they're making it difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time, man. It's uh, um, definitely a thing here. It's, it's uh, they, they've got politics fully involved, and it's just it's it's fucking stupid if you ask me, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, I agree. It's, it's all it's a mess. It's a matter. You know. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, no, it's pretty horrible to witness in, in, in the way people are treating others, and, and that you know, I mean, <laughs> we've lost our way tragically. Um. Anyway. We've um, got to finish up talking. I've got um, one last question for you before we go, um, and that is words of advice for young musicians. Have fun. Just have fun. That's, to me, that's the most important thing with music is that you got to have fun. Because if you're not having fun, it's just like everything else that you do in life. You know, If you're going to have a job, find something that you love to do. You know, And if you're going to make music, Make, make music with people that you can with and make music that you feel is fun for you and, and, and it's a joy for you to do. That's the most important thing because when it, when it gets to not be fun anymore, then what the hell are you doing, you know? <laughs> Damn straight, um, mate. So that, that to me, that's, that's the bottom line, the most important thing. You just got to make sure you're having fun and make sure it's, it just, it's not you know, sucking out your soul. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.
G'day and welcome to Metal to Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Metal to People's Radio. Essentially, uh, celebrating some of the music of Steve Francis, um, but first, but really, it's Bullet Belt and Red Dawn. So, Bullet Belt released the newest, uh, their newest video uh, today, "Flames of Hell." Uh, this was uh, came out via Jason Howden, who did the movies "Deathgasm" and uh, "Guns Akimbo." So, um, very cool director for this. Um, and a really cool video. So first off, we're going to have the uh, have two tracks from the last album, Warlords. We're going to have the the latest video track, Flames of Hell, and then we're going to have the track Punishment of God. After that, we're going to have two more tracks from Bullet Belt, and then we're going to have some Red Dawn. As I say, we're sort of celebrating a little bit of Steve Francis kind of there, um, because he was the drummer in both bands, and I absolutely love Red Dawn as well. So without further ado, here we're going to have Flames of hell and punishment of God from
Two Metal Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metal Two People's Radio. Okay, and these next two tracks from Bullet Belt are via a different um, version of of the band Bullet Belt, and they had a different singer at this point. Um, so we're going to be playing these two tracks um, into battle, and then we will follow that up with Ironclad. <laughs> Yeah! 
Manawatu Metal, Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Manawatu People's Radio.
Okay, and the next track, two tracks come via Red Dawn, which Steve was also the drummer of. And uh, we're going to have the tracks World Eater and Solution. Sadly, this band is no longer around, but they were absolutely brilliant. You can uh, track down a few of their CDs. They put out a few singles and one full length. Well worth checking out. This is Red Dawn with World Eater and Solution.
Metal to Metal, Metal Heads Radio, proudly brought to you by MPR, Metal to People's Radio. 